0: Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. I've sat elbow to elbow, knee to knee, looking eye to eye at so many different people over the last 12 plus years, working with them on their finances, and really helping them get in a better relationship with their money. And I can tell you regardless of income, whether they made $30,000 or $30 million, there are definitely some things that nobody tells you about money. That I found out from sitting in those meetings, knee to knee, eyeball to eyeball. I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking what nobody tells you about money. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. There's been so much going on behind the scenes at Millennial Money. I wish I could give you a snapshot of of everything because we're doing a lot of cool things. At least I think they're cool things, right? But uh, hopefully you think they're cool things as well. I've been doing a lot of podcast guesting been on a lot of other podcasts and it's funny i I love sharing my story. I love coming up on the fly with answers and, t- and talking about money and sharing other people's stories, sharing stories that we've talked about on the podcast. but I inevitably always get the question, what is your best piece of money advice? and you know thinking about, different, trying to do different answers on each of those podcasts. So I'm not reiterating the exact same thing, but I'm always coming back to these things that nobody tells you about money. These myths, these misconceptions about money, these things that I have seen common between people, whether they make, like I teased in the, in the opener, whether they make $30,000 or $30 million, it's these common things I think that we overlook and we think, well, either these are too foundational or, uh, well, of course, Shauna, of course that makes sense. But you know, the more I talk about them, the more I find light bulbs going off in people. And I thought, you know, this would be a good episode because I'm kind of going through the process myself. I'm writing my first book, at least actually the process to get an agent, which is the book proposal process, which is long and daunting and I've started and stopped it many, many times over the last year. Sometimes I've just, you know, wanted to pull out my hair complete frustrating and I've lost my way several times. If you're an author and you're listening, I am honestly accepting All and any tips, advice, connections, anything you've got, I am your woman. You can feel free to uh, just dish as much information as you have on me. I would totally appreciate it. But I've been listening to a, a ton of information, lots of different people, people that are in my sphere that have written books, talk about, you know, how to do it, quote unquote, right. What's the right way to write a book proposal? What's the right way to think about writing a book? And I really oscillated between do I self publish am i am i trying to get an agent and a publisher and I spent like way too long thinking about that process and have come back to like no you know what I'm going to try I'm going to go for an agent I'm going to go for a publishing deal and just see what happens see where the the dice fall if you will but I've been really trying to think and refine what my point of view is because the more advice I get it always comes back to like okay what is your unique point of view? What are you all about? What makes you tick? And I started to think about like, okay, what makes you actually tune in to listen to the podcast or to come back and listen to more podcast episodes? You know, why do I get hired for this or that in relation to personal finance? What makes me really unique? And I think it sounds so simple. It's like, have you ever tried to write your own autobiography? It's really freaking hard because you think you're cool and awesome, of course, and you think you've done all these things. But then when you go down to write it on paper, I think that at least what I tend to do is over- oversimplify and somebody else would come to write my my bio and be like, oh, you did all of these cool things. You're not talking about any of these. It's just, it's really hard to uh, think about yourself that way. And I think it's the same way when you're trying to figure out what your point of view is, especially for writing a book. It sounds so simple. But I, I've actually found this to be the hardest process and actually it's taken me the longest time to figure out, you know, what am I actually all about? <laughs> uh, why, You know, again, why do you tune in to listen to this podcast? Because the reason you tune in to listen to the podcast is what I'm trying to encapsulate, to, to put into some sort of written form that that's actually my point of view. And, you know, I really wanted to, write a book about the real stuff about my life, because it's been messy. And the more I've worked with people, the more I've seen, regardless of income, regardless of bank account balance, that theirs has also been messy or is messy, or there's a a piece of it that just hasn't fit, and they don't understand why. And I thought, my gosh, if if I'm like that, and I'm a quote-unquote financial professional, I am, i a certified financial planner, but I'll be the first person to stand up and raise my hand and say, I have made so many mishaps, I'm not going to call them mistakes, because I don't think they're ever mistakes, but there are certainly things I would go back and I would do differently. <laughs> uh, different choices I would make, um, maybe different directions I would go into. But I think we can all say that. I think you could probably say that too, that you've been at some intersection, especially when it comes to your finances. And it's like, I don't know, do I go right? Do I go left? Do I go straight? I don't know. I'm just going to pick a direction. And then you look back and think, oh, maybe I should have gone right instead of left or straight or whatever it may be. I, th- I think you you hopefully can relate to that. And what I found is regardless of income, regardless of bank account balance, regardless of expertise, regardless of whether somebody owns a business or not, or has a fancy degree from somewhere like Yale or Harvard, or just has a community college degree, that we all tend to find ourselves lost at some point in this messiness of trying to figure out what's the right decision? Is there a right decision? What should I do? And, you know, when I started this podcast, I wanted to be really honest with you, to share stories, uh, to show you that we're all so much alike, that you're a lot like me and I'm a lot like you, and we just don't talk about money. So how in the world would we ever know that? How would we ever know that we're all alike? Because we don't even like to talk about money with our partners. That's like a scary thing. We don't like to talk about it with our friends, certainly not our family. (laughs) Uh, You might like to, but I don't like to talk about money with my family. It's like, whoa, we're not going to go there. We're not going to ask those questions, all right? Just take it on service. Everything's fine. I'm handling all of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, but I think at the end of the day, my point of view maybe is quite simple. Maybe you can help me with this. I think that it really is perfection. That word perfection when it comes to finances, when it comes to your money, when it comes to decisions is totally overrated, totally overrated. I mean, we all make mistakes. We're all trying to figure out how we can have the version of the life that we want in all the twists and turns of life, getting divorced, getting married, starting a business, starting a family, going back to school, dealing with massive debt. There's so many different things that come at us. Uh, Sometimes it feels like it comes faster than other times. I've certainly been in periods where I'm like, wait a minute, where is that hiding spot that I can go to where none of this stuff is going to hit me, is going to affect me, where I don't have to make any decisions. And it's always in those times where I have to make the most decisions and seemingly like the most critical decisions. And it's confusing time period, but there isn't a set list of things to do with your money that equals success. And I talk about this a lot. I know uh, you probably like, oh my gosh, she's going to go on this rant again, but I keep coming back to this. I keep coming back to this point because I think it's so important and I almost feel like you can't hear it enough because I feel like I can't say it enough to people because every time I say it to somebody, it, it does. It clicks that light bulb off. Like, right. I'm trying to be perfect. I'm trying to make all these right decisions and it, it's causing more stress, it's causing more fear, or it's causing me to just be confused about my finances, even if I'm in a really good position, even if I don't have debt, even if my income is thriving, even if all of those, you know, outside factors to somebody else might look really good, to me, it's still confusing. And I, I learned, you know, working f- with people that had really big estates, that had a lot of money... And it was like, well, they can't possibly have a money worry because they have more money than God. But they had a lot of money worries, probably more money worries than you and I have. Maybe they had more at stake. I don't know. It's really interesting, the psychology behind money, when you start looking at the psychology of why people think certain ways about money, why they make certain decisions, it's really interesting to peel that back and look at what the different onion layers are underneath and what has, I guess, you know, made this person think, act, and feel about money the way they do. But we all do it. We're all guilty of it one way or another, whether we're in a, you know, healthy relationship, I will say, with our finances or maybe a not so healthy relationship, or maybe we're just in a completely confused relationship (laughs) trying to figure out how you do this thing. Because money touches everything. It touches our career, it touches our, our our housing situation, touches our relationships, touches the things we buy, the things we do. It's at the cornerstone, and so I thought, okay, I'm going through this process, trying to write this book proposal, and eventually this book, because I am going to write this book, uh, and because I have something to say, and I think it's, I think it's important, and I also think it's important that I share my story, more of my story, really honest raw version of my story, because I think that maybe you can relate to it in some way. Maybe you can find some sense of victory by hearing my own story. But this all prompted me to to do this podcast episode. And, you know, again, through doing a lot of podcast swaps lately, I thought, okay, I really want to refine, like, what are the things that nobody talks about with money that I know to be true because I've sat across from these people who are in these situations and I've seen these things firsthand. I've witnessed these conversations. I've been a part of these conversations. You know, sometimes there isn't a best choice or right choice. There's just choices, there's just options. You know, I think, especially when we're thinking about, you know, anything big like, paying off debt. Let's say you have a lot of student loan debt and you're trying to figure out what in the world do I do with this? Well, there's not always a best choice. There's not always a, well, you should definitely do this. And I think that personal finance sometimes, because there are so many different articles and there's so much discussion about personal finance, it's great. It's creating this awesome culture where I dare I say there's like an enthusiasm for (laughs) figuring out what to do with your finances. I love it. I love that there are alternative options for banking and for savings and for investing and all sorts of different, um, it's a different take on on money. And it's really been a long time coming. And thank God it's here because we've all been screaming for this. Uh, I mean, I write a lot of articles about online bank accounts. And I think I've almost found one that I'm really thrilled about, but it's taken me a while because there's been pros and cons as there is with anything. But I don't know if I necessarily am totally happy with my money at a big bank. I don't really like You know what they're in the words of Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? Nothing. They haven't done anything for me lately. They haven't given me more interest on my checking account. Uh, I'm not thrilled about the savings account. I just have it because of necessity to move money back and forth. They don't know my name. I'm just an account number to them. And so all of these things. I went on a complete rant. I don't even know how to get back to where I started. But my point is, I think that it's it's great to have these healthy discussions about finances. I think it's a little bit dangerous to get in the mode of thinking that you have a list of certain things that you have to do. And if you don't do those things, you're not successful. And that's not to knock because I've written plenty of articles and done plenty of podcasts about the five things to do this or the 10 things to do this those are great because they help you start thinking about your own situation. And, you know, you can pull apart the different uh, pieces of that that really resonate with you. But I think getting your brain thinking that it's it's not so linear for your finances is a really good place to be because it starts to take a little pressure off of you. And I think that because we don't talk about money a lot with other people, we tend to think that we're so isolated. So if I did to name five things that I think no one tells you about money but are the five key things that I have seen, you know, sitting knee-to-knee, eye-to-eye with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, I would say the first one is that you're not so unique. Your situation is not so different than somebody else. In fact, it may be exactly the same situation as one of your friends or, you know, your neighbor or your co-worker or your cousin or could be anybody. But the point is that you're, you're not so unique. Your situation is not that different than anybody else's. And I think if you can embrace that, you can at least get to a place of realizing that I'm not alone. Whatever situation I'm in, whatever decision I have to make, millions and millions of other people at the exact same time are having to make that decision right alongside you. All right, so we're going to jump into our uh, remaining list of things, but we have a quick short break from our podcast sponsor. You know, audiobooks are just such a great sidekick for summer activities. Everything from hiking, sunbathing on the beach, which is my personal favorite summer activity, running, road tripping, whether you're enjoying downtime outdoors or just hanging out. And I totally find that listening is a better way to binge content that you love while you're also doing the things that you love. We recently went on a really, really short two-day cruise. It actually didn't stop anywhere, but it was still fantastic this past weekend. And my complete happy place was on the balcony listening to my new awesome book on Audible called Invested by Danielle Town. She's actually going to be on the podcast next week, in fact, and I cannot wait to share that interview with you. But with Audible, you can listen to more books by switching seamlessly between all your devices and picking up just where you left off. This is awesome for anybody who is just constantly on the go, and Audible members, you get a credit every month good for any audiobook in their store, regardless of the price. And the cool thing is the unused credits roll over to the next month, so it's great for your bank account, too. If you didn't like a book, you can just exchange it with no questions. But don't take my word for it. Check out Audible yourself and join me on my one book a month quest. Audible is offering Millennial Money listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day Trial membership. Just go to audible.com slash mymoney and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title for free and start listening today. Go to audible.com slash mymoney or text mymoney to 500-500 to get started today. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's monarchmone dot slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. All right, so we got number one nailed down, right? You're not so unique. You're not so different. The next one is something again that feels very common sense, but it's the idea that your cash is going to ebb and flow through your life, and often, again, when you least expect it, it doesn't. You know these curveballs—they come in all shapes and sizes, and they don't discriminate, and they usually come when you don't want them to come, <laughs> like when you've just bought a brand new couch and used all of your cash and now your emergency savings is low and oh there's a curveball that comes in or it could be you have this amazing job you're making an amazing income and then you get laid off and you're like oh crap what in the world am I going to do now and oh by the way they're not going to give you any severance okay you know it's these curveballs that really throw a monkey wrench and obviously add a lot of undo anxiety and stress. But I think having people you can call to help you figure your way through whatever curveball, whatever ebb and flow you're in is really priceless. And whether that's a financial planner that you work with, whether that's an accountant, whether that's just a friend who's been through a lot of stuff and you're able to have a really open and honest conversation with them, it's really, I have found it to be such a valuable asset because when you're able to just connect human to human with somebody, especially around finances, the subject that's kind of taboo that we don't talk about, it, it's, I don't, it's like having a therapy dog, if you will. It's just um, a really great human experience, even if the other person has never been what through what you've been through. I found that connection to be extraordinarily helpful. But I think really understanding that I think I used to do this when I was in my early 20s. I was like, man, things are going great, right? I bought a house at 24, uh, had saved a lot of money in 401k, was growing in income. Like things are just, you know what, they're ticking along and they're going to keep going up and up and up and up. And I naively thought that that was just the way that life works. And for some people, it does. I'm not going to lie. For some people, it does. But for 98% of people, there is some point in time where some curveball or something comes into the mix that shakes it all up, where you have to make a decision, where you have to move, where you have to choose between some alternatives that don't look good that you don't know what to choose from and and that's where having those people uh, in place and then also having just an understanding of all right this is going to happen this happens to everybody it really does again we don't talk about it i don't you know broadcast in uh, neon <laughs> All the things are like, oh man, I had a really crappy week, so I'm just gonna go and tell everybody. We don't do that. We live in a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat world where we only share the good stuff. Some of us share not so good stuff, but you, you know what you know what I mean. I found this really awesome quote from Winston Churchill I wanted to share with you. The quote says, Success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. And I thought this was so poignant because It's what I felt my financial journey was in my 30s. It was going for, ooh, that didn't work, or ooh, that really hurt, Um, or man, that was really expensive, but I got to keep going. There has to be some enthusiasm, and uh, hopefully I have brought that to you in the podcast is you got to keep going, like one step, one foot in front of the next, and you never know what could happen. You never know what opportunity can open up. Uh, and, you know, not say that that's going to happen every single day or every single time you have a curveball, but keeping that sense of enthusiasm that it's okay, you're not unique, and that uh, your money's going to ebb and flow. I think another thing that nobody really tells you about money is there's never enough. Again, sounds so obvious, but we don't talk about that enough. We talk about Okay, you're going to put so much in your retirement plan, and then this one magical day, you're going to have all this money, and then you can float off to the fairy, fairy fairyland that you want to live in, uh, you know, that you can have that fairy tale. And you can, you can, absolutely. But there's never enough. There's never enough money. You reach a plateau or a goal at work in terms of your income, and then you think, what's next? what's the next plateau I can hit, I think that's good. That's good. I think it's good to have that kind of motivation, that kind of thinking, because then you're never satisfied with where you're at. And I don't mean that in a bad way, because I think you really do have to be satisfied with your with your situation. You have to at least come to, come to some place of peace about where you're at, but also with a healthy striving towards what's next? Is there another skill I can get? Is there uh, another connection I can make? Is there some way I can keep making this better? Can I get some sort of side hustle? Or uh, what's that, uh, that idea I've always had in my head? How do I launch that? I was with a couple who was in their early 80s, I believe, if I remember correctly. And I said, you know, they'd been very successful. They had owned a business. They had invested in, in rental real estate. They'd just been really, really successful, very savvy with their money. And I said, gosh, like, what would you tell a 20-year-old, a 30-year-old today that you've learned? And that's what they said. They said, there's never enough. There's never enough money. There's never the exact right moment. Um, they said a lot of these things that... that they realize that money's gonna come and go. Sometimes they're gonna be really flush, sometimes they're not. And if they put their entire uh, definition of wealth in the actual dollar amount, they probably never would have been happy. They probably would have been miserable. And they learned that the never enough was okay, that they could be okay with that, and that they could figure out a place where. Enough was enough and they would just make a decision to stop working or to sell their business or to do whatever goal they had in mind. And I think that that's really important to realize when you're in the hustle and bustle and you're trying to put as much money as you can away for retirement, and you're trying to fund all these goals and you're trying to make your money stretch in all of these ways that sometimes it doesn't feel like it's stretching in that particular way. To just go, all right, you know, I'm going to do the best that I can with what I've got, knowing that there's never enough. And that's okay. That's okay. It's okay that there's never enough, but I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep doing. And somehow what I've got is going to get me where I want to go. So there's a responsibility element in that too, because I find a lot of people say to me, well, then why would I, why would I invest? Or why would I buy a house? Or why would I do anything if there's never gonna be enough? Well, it's because you are consistently refining your vision. You're constantly refining what your life, what you want your life to look like. And so the money piece will come along that alongside that. So there's a responsibility element in it that you gotta do something. You gotta, you gotta do your part, but also realizing that it's okay, you don't have to hit three million dollars in your retirement account to live a good life or do you have options in life so it's it's the responsibility piece with also taking a little bit of stress off of you and realizing like okay a lot of those articles that say oh I should have saved double my income by the time I'm 30 just throw that out the window please just throw that article out the window because it's not true it's not true for everyone and sometimes it's gonna work and sometimes it's not going to work and that's totally okay. And I think the last thing is, you know, knowing what you're spending your cash on will be your greatest weapon ever. And we we talk a lot about knowing your numbers. A lot of the guests on this podcast have talked to you about the importance of knowing your numbers, of knowing where your expenses are going, but it really is, honestly, It is the greatest weapon ever because it gives you total empowerment over your bank account, total empowerment over your goals, over how you direct your money. Even if you feel like you don't have a lot of money, it is so incredibly powerful. And, you know, the idea of paying off debt and never having debt again—it totally sounds like a dream. And you might be in that position where you've paid off all your debt. And high five to you, kudos to you—that is such an amazing goal. But it doesn't always make sense. It doesn't fit for everyone. Some of the most savviest people that I know have learned how to leverage what I call cheap debt, inexpensive debt, debt where the interest rate is pretty darn close to 0% buying a car these days interest rates are pretty close to 0% if you have a good uh if you have a good credit score buying a house interest rates pretty close to 0% if you look at historical averages if you're borrowing money to pay off expensive credit card debt pretty inexpensive debt to borrow to do so it's sometimes the option of even using all my cash or taking on some debt, sometimes debt wins. Sometimes it actually makes more sense. And, uh, you know, I think the having no debt does not equal perfection. It's not the definition of success when it comes to your finances. For some people, it is your goal, is absolutely what you're striving for. And again, if that's you and you're in that situation, that's great, stay focused on that but if you're listening and you're saying that's not that's not my goal or that's not what makes sense to me then throw that wisdom out because it doesn't count and i think the last thing is just you know debt sucks it's draining it's mentally draining it's physically draining it can suck the life out of you but sometimes you need debt to grow sometimes you need it to grow your business if you run your own business, sometimes you need to grow your career. Maybe you need to get a whole new outfit in order to impress a new company you're trying to get a job with. I don't know, whatever it may be, right? Maybe you need to take on debt to change where you live or to start a family. Maybe infertility is an issue and you got to take on some debt. I mean, there are so many different reasons why people need to take on debt debt, but these are decisions you get to make. It's your decision. It's your choice. And at the end of the day, it's nobody's business, but yours. As long as you have a plan in place for how you're going to tackle that debt, who cares? It doesn't make you a bad person. And it's not the definition of not being successful. So these may again seem really easy, really common sense. Like, of course I know this stuff, but honestly, I tell you across the board, no matter somebody's age, no matter their background or demographic or any of those factors I talk about, this is really the stuff that nobody tells you about money that most people learn, that most people have to struggle with. And when they can find a, p- a place where they can feel at peace about some of these things, it doesn't make it easier. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that any of this makes it easier, especially if you're in one of those crazy curveball situations. But having the uh, having the understanding that most people have either been where you're at, or they're going to be where you're at, or they're exactly where you're at, maybe opens up some freedom to allow you to talk about finances, think about your your money in a different way than maybe you had before. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Shauna Game. And if you love this podcast, I'd love for you to do me a favor: share it with your friends, shout it out on social media, make them subscribe on their phone. And head over to that link in the show notes to leave us a review.